How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to the Black Autumn Show. I am going to be 100% honest. Yet again, I have no idea what episode we're on today, but we're here and we're back. I'm so sorry for the delay on this. I've been working on a huge project. If you follow me on Instagram or even on this YouTube channel, I posted a short on the YouTube channel and then obviously like a reel on the Instagram uh, covering the AeroPress and kind of a video that I'm working on. And I'm just calling it a huge project that I've been working on to really just like start a series called Beauty Behind the Brew, where I take different brewers, obviously first one being the AeroPress, and just diving into it, all the techniques, all the different ins and outs about it, how it's made, just all that kind of stuff. Just so like if you're looking to get any of these brewers or even just new brewers and wondering, hey, what do these even do differently? Do I need to upgrade my V60 to this? Do I, What's a W60? What's an origami? What is all this stuff? And how does it affect my brewing? A lot of people ask those questions because I did too. When I first got my V60, I was like, okay, cool. I got a V60. And I started seeing the origami. And so I was like, how does this compare to the V60? Is it better? Are there any reason to switch to it? Is it just a better looking V60? Is it just cooler looking? What are the pros and cons of it? And that's what I'm going to be covering in that series. But I have been working super hard on that series. It's been taking a long time to get that out. And yet, even as I'm recording this, I don't have it fully complete yet. And I probably should be working on that, but we're doing the podcast because I haven't done one in a while. And I'm I'm excited to be back. And this is probably how the setup's going to be now to where I have the camera up over here. I'm just sitting at the desk and I got stuff pulled up on the screen in front of me and we're just looking at it because it was kind of a hassle last time to keep everything over there. But this can be stationary, can all sit right here. And I just feel more at home because I spent a lot of time at this desk editing and doing stuff. So I just feel like this is this is my zone right here. So let's hop in one thing that I want to do differently for the start of this episode first. Um, a lot of you guys might not know Black Autumn, might not even know like what I stand for, what Black Autumn like truly is. Um, and if you don't know and you want to read the whole thing, you can go to blackautumn.coffee and read about it there. Um, or you can go to my Instagram, go to our first post on the Instagram. And it should tell you some more about that. But I want to read a Bible verse for you guys that actually I feel like is rooted in Black Autumn. And what Black Autumn is rooted in uh, is this verse right here. If you haven't or don't follow me on Instagram, you wouldn't know this, but it is on the Instagram in the bio. Uh, it's Genesis 8:22. As long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. And so obviously you're kind of probably wondering, well, what the heck does that have to do with Black Autumn and coffee? What, what does that have to do? That's talking about the harvest, right? And the main reason that verse specifically stood out to me was because it's about the changing of seasons. And no matter what, no matter what it's there, like through, it's, I think it said through the, the summer, through the winter, through everything, it's always there. And with Black Autumn, the main thing is the, the change that somebody can go through, the dark time somebody can go through, but always know that something is there. And obviously this is referring to God. He's there. He's always there for you. But and I want to take that into into a, a circumstance of being, I am always here for you. Black Autumn is always here for you. No matter what you're going through, struggling with, you can come to me, you can come to us, you can get coffee from us that can not, not heal you completely, but it can help you out. It can make you happy. You know, whatever that goal is, maybe that come up in the next couple of years. But I wanted to read that for you guys so you guys can can be 100% aware of what I stand for and what Black Autumn truly is. And that's exactly what we're rooted in right there is that verse. But without farther ado, because it is getting kind of cold and I do want to try this yet again, it's time for a highlight coffee. And I'm going to try it real quick, like I said, before it gets cold. And then I want to talk about my goal with highlight coffees of the year, because I do want to change that coming into the new year. But let's try this real quick and then I'll tell you what it is. 
wow. This coffee is like a coffee that I can have every single day. It's, it's very balanced. The acidity, especially the way I brew it, is super, super, super balanced. I have had this on cold brew espresso. I've had two other pour overs with it and then another AeroPress with it as well. I've used a lot of this coffee so far. It's just so good. It's like my ideal everyday coffee. Like this coffee is absolutely insane. I love it. But my goals coming into the new year with Highlight Coffee is to take it instead of going, hey, here's these big roasters that everybody's heard of me trying their coffees because obviously we've heard of black and white. September might not be huge, but I do like supporting them and I do like showing off their coffee because I do get it every month with the subscription. But I want to focus on the smaller roasters, roasters that aren't getting attention that deserve attention or the roasters that get attention or don't get attention that don't deserve attention. I mean, that's a really rare thing because usually people that get into roasting and start roasting their coffee, it's not terrible. But I want to try those. I want to highlight some of this. It's the point of highlight coffee. We're not highlighting coffee if it's already being highlighted and marketed out to a lot of eyes. So today's the first day we're kind of going to a smaller roaster and one that I think is definitely up and coming. We have Nico Coffee Co. I found them when I was looking at keyboard parts. I was looking for keyboard parts on dangkeebs.com, not an ad, but I found parts from my new keyboard that I just built and I actually got the kit from them. But when I was looking, I saw switches. I ended up ordering these switches too. I might show them off in the future when I get them. But they're coffee switches that are in collaboration with Nico Coffee because the guy that started it uh, is really into keyboards, builds keyboards and stuff. So if you happen to see this, shout out to you because this copy is actually insane. Um, it's, it's They're not like super small. They definitely have a pretty good following and a pretty good like loyal fan base, what it looks like. Um, these coffee, it's amazing. It's absolutely insane. It is a just a simple wash brandy. But like, like I said, the simple coffees like this are the ones that I want to have every single day. We obviously have the crazy fruit snacks, the, the chocolate-covered strawberries, the, the crazy things from black and white that are cool, but not my everyday ideal coffee. This right here is, out of every coffee I've ever had, this is like my everyday ideal coffee. Well, I definitely have some other ones that are my everyday ideal, but this is in the top three right here. And I just want to highlight it because it's not huge. Like, they don't have a huge following. You don't see them everywhere. And with me being in the keyboards too, it's cool to find the two things that I'm very interested in to have a coffee. And like the, the guy has made both of these and it's just cool to see that, you know, it's roasted to order. So it's like when you order, they see that and they roast your order specifically. So it's not like your order has been sitting there for weeks and whatever, and just goes bad. Uh, this one roast date is 2-2. As I'm recording this, it is 2-26. So it has been 24 days since this coffee has been roasted. I've had it for a little bit. Like I said, I've been trying it a lot. I've had a lot of coffees recently since I haven't been doing highlight coffees. I've bought a lot of coffees. Like <laughs> I think it might've helped me not buy coffees, but this one is absolutely spectacular. It's 10 ounces. They call it a medium roast. I would definitely say it's a medium roast and I'm usually more of a light roast, but for some reason this medium roast sticks out. I think it's because it's not super dark in, in that medium. It still has a little bit of lightness to it that I really enjoy, especially on cold brew. They recommend this on pour over, uh, but if you like cold brews, I recommend this on, on pour over and cold. I recommend it on pour over, but cold brew is the way to go. I recommend it on cold brew, 100%. Cold brew and AeroPress are the two best ways I've had it. I've had it on pour over, cold brew, AeroPress, espresso, everything. It's pretty good on espresso too. 
but definitely cold brew and AeroPress stick out to me for this coffee specifically. Um, and if you want to pick up a bag, it's called the Jarama. Jarama. I don't entirely know how I'm saying that. I probably just messed it up. But I will leave a link in the description as always to the Highlight Coffee um, in case you guys want to check it out and support them too. And that's kind of what the Highlight Coffees are going to be now. They're going to be like highlighting a smaller coffee company that's uh, trying to get out there. And obviously, I don't have like a huge following. I'm not giving them like a bunch of attention, but I definitely want to do something like that. I also will start with them too. I want to start kind of like fully doing the Highlight Coffee with like rating the coffee in some categories. I first obviously taste. I want to do taste. I want to do packaging. Uh, and then I want to do roast. So like how even is the roast? What does it look like? All that kind of stuff. So let's start with taste. This coffee, like I said, everyday ideal coffee. I'm going to give it an 8.2. An 8.2 is my score for this coffee. Spectacular. It's a really good coffee. Definitely one of my like, again, top three. Want to have it every single day coffees. And packaging, some very simplistic very simplistic and not in a bad way it's very simplistic and i love the simplicity of it because you know how much money they're spending on this bag probably not at a whole bunch at all it's a really cheap paper bag with just a sticker on the front and that's it and honestly this is straight to the point this gives you all the information you need about the coffee everything about it on the front right here the brand the name uh roasted in house in collaboration with dane keebs uh the region the process weight uh everything is on this like there's nothing on the back nothing on the bottom it's just a sticker and it shows you everything you need to know about the whole coffee so out of packaging obviously it's very simple it's nothing like september which september would be the closest to a tenner you could get so for packaging I'll go, I'm going to give it a 6-7 on the packaging. 6-7 on the packaging. And roast, it actually, this is, might surprise you. This, this is going to be crazy. Because the roast on this, I, I want to give a super high score with. Let me get some out here and just inspect it again. It's a really good looking coffee. Like, I haven't had a lot of Burundi's, but it's a really good looking coffee. There are a couple light ones in here. Uh, this one is a lot lighter. Um... And, you know, that's going to happen. That's going to happen. There's obviously some defects in here as well, which you can't really, you know, count against them. But there are some light ones in here that aren't roasted 100% even. But then again, it's hard to get 100% even. So I, it's not like I can take you down for that either. Um, let me get up to the camera and show you guys this real quick. Take a look at this. Yeah. It's a, it's a very good looking coffee. So for like roast wise, I'm going to give this coffee... I'm going to give it a solid 8-2 as well, as uh, as I did the packaging. 8-2. Yeah, this coffee is spectacular. I would highly recommend it. Again, leaving a link in the description in case you guys want to check it out. Uh, and if you guys want any recipes for it, feel free to hit me up on Instagram. I can give you the recipes that I've done for it. I don't have them, like, available right this second. But I do have some recipes that I've written down for this coffee, as I do all my coffees. So if you do want some recipes or some recommendations, grind settings, uh, ratios, anything for this coffee that I can help you guys with if you pick it out. Please just let me know. I can help you out with that. But that's it for our highlight coffee for today. And that's how the segment's kind of going to go. Um, I definitely want to like expand on that a little bit more and do some more stuff with the highlight coffee, maybe even collab with some people. But we'll see. Coming in the new year, I have a lot of goals, like I said last episode. But let's hop into the actual episode today. And today, I've been in a cold brew recently, right? I've been really in a cold brew. So I wanted to talk about cold brew. I wanted to talk about the methods of cold brew and how it's not just... There's not just one method of cold brew. There's multiple ways that you can do cold brew. And a lot of people do it very, very, very differently 
than like uh, three different places that I've worked at coffee wise have all done a cold brew differently. They've never been the same, which is very interesting, but it makes it unique to the place because they're using their own coffee. They're using their own brewing, not their own brewing method, but like different brewing methods that you don't see at every single shop. And it's funny because all three of those coffee shops that I worked at, that I have worked at, we're all like kind of in the sim like similar area. Like if you've gone to one, you've probably heard of or gone to all of the other ones. So like the cold brew is different in the area. It's not just like the same in the same area. Everybody's using the same method. It's like different in the area. So you're getting diversity in those cold brew extractions. But there's several methods that I do want to talk about. I have my notes pulled up here. Um, there's a couple different ones. But let's start off with like the easiest one that everybody has heard of, which is immersion brewing, right? When you think of immersion or you think of immersion brewing at all, my head immediately goes, and it's probably because I'm on an AeroPress train right now, but it goes to AeroPress or the Switch, mainly the Switch, honestly, because I've done so much with the Switch. But the Switch comes to my head and I think, whoa, okay, immersion, what does immersion mean? Immersion means that the coffee grounds are setting with the water and has extended contact time with the water. So it's not just like in and out like a pour over. It's touching the water, just falling through the water. No, it's actually steeping with the water and having an extended contact time. That's what I like to think of when I think of immersion is extended contact time. There's more contact time than any other brewing method. Immersion means steeping basically. And so with immersion, you basically let it set for a few hours. Now this can vary depending on batches that you're doing. Some people could do up to 20 hours, up to 24 hours. Personally, when I do my cold brew in smaller, like small little single serve batches, I like to do 48 hours and I do a super coarse grind. And that's the main thing with immersion is you're not gonna wanna go fine. You're gonna wanna go a lot coarser on the ground because of that contact time. It's gonna have a lot more time to set in there with the coffee and steep, like I said, to get more notes and just more diversity of flavors into that. And that's how it's really gonna change because like this coffee right here, the Nico coffee, obviously had on pour over, had on AeroPress and had on espresso before I even had the cold brew. And the cold brew changed completely because that 48 hours, it had time to set and develop Unlike the times of the espresso, AeroPress, and pour over, it had more time to sit there and develop and really extract. So it tasted completely different, which actually set it apart. Like this, honestly, on Cobra is what I was saying. On that 48 hours, it set it apart from everything else. And it really stood out on its own. So when you do that, I feel like it just trumps all the other brewing methods. Like a 48-hour immersion cold brew just trumps everything else. But there's a way that I want to talk about in there that is a huge thing apparently I didn't really know about. But the biggest thing with that is water, obviously. You wanna make sure you're using a good water profile. And honestly, out of all of the brewing methods ever, cold brew is the one that's most important that you have good water for because of that extended t contact time. The minerals in the water are gonna have more time to interact with the coffee. And sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad. So you wanna make sure that your, your water that you're using for that coffee is really good because if it's not, it could end up ruining the coffee, unfortunately, which you don't want. Obviously doing a 48 hour cold brew, you're waiting 48 hours for it and it's just ruined is the last thing that you wanna do. So you wanna make sure that you are using really good water for it. Shout out Third Wave Water for their cold brew profile. It's spectacular and I highly recommend it. My cold brew's always turned out amazing. But besides the water minerals and the water itself, you the temperature actually matters a lot. Now, obviously we know this. In coffee, temperature is at literally everything. Temperature is everything. For every aspect of coffee, temperature is gonna come into play and it's going to affect whatever you're doing. So I didn't really 
know that this was kind of like an argument that was going around not even like an argument more of just like a which side are you but some people brew with cold water for their cold brew which obviously people pick up okay cold brew but some people use hot water to bloom and some people use hot water overall to just do the entire brew and then let it set with the hot water and then as it slowly gets cold put it in the fridge i'm gonna say just straightforward i like using hot water I like using all hot water. I do single serve batches in 16 ounce mason jars. I do immersion. I don't have a bag or anything. I just put the coffee in, put the water in, seal it. And once it gets a little bit like room temp, I chuck it in the fridge. And what that does is heat speeds up extraction, speeds up the compounds extraction and acidity that's being extracted. And those ones are only extracted with heat so what you're doing basically if you have a coffee like this and you're having it on aeropress and espresso and pour over all those are hot right you're pouring hot water on top and it's coming out so you're getting all those already but when you take it and you put it for extended 48 hours and it's going from hot to cold that's a lot of change for the water and a lot of change when it's extracting the coffee there's so many chemical reactions that happen when you do something like that and it dramatically affects that coffee like dramatically affects the coffee it's not going to be anywhere near like i said it trumps all the other methods because you're extracting stuff that can only be extracted with heat and for an extended period of time you're going to get everything out of that coffee. Now, I definitely do like to go cold water on some brews. I don't do hot on everything, but you can kind of just tell after cupping it, having a pour over with it, AeroPress, uh, espresso, everything like that. I kind of figured, hey, hot water for this one's going to be the play, but there's some that you can tell, hey, hot water is not the play. Definitely go cold water. And I think the fruitier coffees go cold water. The ones that are darker like this, if you go more hot, you get fruitier notes out of the cold brew. And it was spectacular. I wish that you guys could try this on cold brew. I highly recommend getting it. I say that a lot about like the September black and white coffees, but I truly mean it with this coffee. And this is not a sponsorship or anything. This coffee is amazing on cold brew. And I wish you guys could try it. I seriously wish that you guys could try it. But the heat in your water really does matter. And this means that when you brew with cold water, it requires different considerations from just a conventional coffee. So you take like the mason jar, I grind the coffee into it, I would just pour cold water, seal it, shut it in the fridge. That's going to completely extract differently. Heat speeds it up. So what's going to happen when you put the cold water in is it's going to just regularly extract. Like it's going to take its, just take its whole time, you know? And it's going to take probably, if you do 48 hours with the cold, it might be a little bit on the lighter side because it's a slower extraction not super slow it definitely is still extracting at a high rate of speed but it's slower than if you did like super hot water not super hot water but like a hotter temperature so when you do the the cold water it's going to slow your brew down and it's on it's obviously also going to give you different notes than if you did it hot. So what, what the hot does is it speeds it up and gets different extractions. Like I said, the compounds, acidities can only be extracted with heat. So you're getting completely different compounds and completely different acids and gases from the coffee when you're using cold water. So, I mean, if you're doing small little 16 ounce batches, I think I use 14 something grams of coffee in those. Like I don't use a lot of coffee at all. It doesn't take a lot of coffee. If you have enough coffee, do both, put them both in the fridge and see which one you like better because it's a huge difference. I can promise you that. And it's honestly, it's probably going to be better hot. I, I like 
doing it hot. Another thing too that I also had mentioned and haven't really talked about yet is blooming with hot water and finishing with cold water. That's something that I did a lot at my last coffee shop uh, with one of my buddies and they turned out incredible. All those ones where you bloom with the hot water, finish it with the cold water, it like speeds up the extraction and gives you this like, I don't even know how to say it. It gives you this like start to the coffee. It's like a, a boost, that's what it is. It's like a jump start. So hey, here's a jump start to your extraction. Now here is cold water that's gonna slowly take that from heat and cool it down and then put it in the fridge. It's really gonna cool it down. And it's almost like freezing coffee. You're just gonna freeze it right there and get a bunch of flavors. You're slowing down that extraction, which is going to basically kind of freeze some of that extraction time. And you're gonna get these unique flavors that you can't get any other way. So if you're really looking for just like a, mi a middle ground of both to get like, I don't wanna go all the way hot. I don't wanna go all the way cold. That's a good middle ground is blooming. So just like a normal 50 grams with hot water and then finishing off with cold water and you're probably gonna get an amazing brew. But that is immersion and uh, the heat matters with all of them because you're using water with all of them, right? So it definitely matters. Um, the biggest thing to note too with immersion is the like easiest way to do it is a toddy. Uh, and they have an actual cold brew like steeper that sits on top of your cup that you can use a lot of people do that i don't see the point in that when you can just get a mason jar like i said 16 ounce mason jar and just do that um but with cold brew the best thing to do is do a one to eight or a one to nine ratio those are the two most common ratios so doing those one to eight and a one to nine is going to affect your extraction obviously it's either going to be strong or not as strong you can do whatever you want, obviously, but those are kind of like the guidelines. One to eight, one to nine is what I would stay in. I prefer one to nine for cold brews. One to eight is just kind of strong. It's really strong. I mean, obviously, it's a one to eight, um, but one to nine seems to tend tend to be where I hang around. I like to hang around there, especially with using hot water. It speeds up that extraction, gets some more out of it, and it already is strong in itself. But that's all on you. That's all what what you want to do. It's subjective. Whatever you guys want to do, you do. Um, the next one I want to talk about, we've talked about before, we made a whole episode about before, is the Japanese iced coffee method. So let's let's talk about this one more time. Basically, you're doing a pour over, but you're doing a one to eight with the water that you're pouring over top, and the rest of the water is being made up for with ice below. So you're basically doing like a a cold brew pour over, like on the spot cold brew to where it's a super concentrated amount because you're using that one to eight and one to nine ratio, but you have the ice to make up for all that. So if you wait to the very end, it's gonna be like having a normal pour over. This method isn't gonna taste as good and is it gonna be as strong as normal cold brew? But it's a good way to be like, hey, I wonder what this would taste like as an iced coffee or cold brew. And I think iced coffee is a better way to describe it. I mean, obviously I even call it iced coffee, um, but it is technically a cold brew method since you're doing a one to eight or a one to nine and leaving the rest of the water to the ice. It's basically a cold brew, especially if you're drinking it right as you brew it and not a lot of the ice has had time to melt, then you're probably getting a, basically a cold brew. Uh, another thing that I do have to pull up a different article because I have not physically done this and there was not a lot to actually, that I could actually put down from my own experience. Uh, it's basically the Yama Towers ice drip brewing. So this is coming from the perfect daily grind. I'm going to read through this real quick. And uh, yeah, hopefully this explains it good because I am not knowledge in this at all. 
So the Yama Tower or the technique is called the Kyoto Ice Strip or Dutch Ice Strip. And it is for only those willing to dedicate both time and effort. I mean, obviously, if you've ever seen the Yama Towers, they sit there and they literally just drip one drop, one drop, one drop, one drop, one drop. Imagine doing a whole cold brew like that. And it's dripping onto the coffee. And that coffee is just one drip, one drip, one drip. It's a lot. It's a lot of time, a lot of time. They say think of it as an extremely slow pour over. It could take over 24 hours. And that's why you see at some places they have lots of Yama Tower set up because it takes so long to get multiple brews out of it. You're going to need to take like multiple ones because you can't just do one brew for 20. That's not that's not worth it at all. One brew 24 hours, you need four or five. And then you get five brews 24 hours. Uh, the result from using a Yama Tower uh, or the ice strip method or the Kyoto ice strip has somebody in a wide range of nuanced flavors the technique likes to emphasize floral and fruity notes because of the sugars uh, from the coffee are extracted but they're not muddled by the long immersion lipids are also extracted giving the final coffee more viscosity than japanese iced coffee and i think that's almost a given just because of how long that water sets with the coffee and kind of extracts and then one drop comes out it's going to have a lot more viscosity to it there is a downside, though, in investment for time and equipment. With a drip per second or slower, like I was saying, it's super, super, super slow. It can take a whole day to produce one pot of coffee. And unlike immersion and the Japanese ice method, it's not necessarily passive. Ice drip requires you to monitor and adjust the drip rate as needed. That's what that little nozzle on there on the Yama Towers do. They adjust how much can come through at a time. So adjust how much, basically how long the coffee is sitting with the water for. It requires expensive tools, glass slow drippers, um, all the equipment for that. I mean, every piece of those Yama Towers I've heard is a different, like it's all different pieces. Every little tiny thing on that is a different piece. And if you break one piece, it's a lot to fix it and a lot to replace it. So that, I mean, that's the three that I found that were like the, the best ones to talk about, but which ones, like who is each one of these being targeted to? Who is the immersion brewing targeted to? Who's the Japanese iced coffee targeted to? And that's what I really want to talk about. I think immersion brewing is targeted to home brewing and commercial brewing because at home, like I said, I use 16 ounce mason jars. It costed $9 for like a pack of 20 on Amazon. You can get those pretty easily and do it at home in little small batches. And it's not that hard of work at all. It's really not. And if you wanted to, like we've talked about, you can up that to like four or five pounds of coffee in a toddy and do a cold brew like that. And then that's commercial because you have a whole toddy full of cold brew. And there you go. So I think immersion is really targeted towards those kind of people. And definitely not the people that just want to have like a really fast cup of cold brew. They really care about their cold brew. They're really wanting it to taste good either for their customers or for themselves or for their family members or for their friends or for people. Whatever it may be, it's immersion is pretty much targeted for the, the coffee people at home and at shops. That's my opinion. That's what I think. Japanese iced coffee, the complete opposite. Japanese iced coffee is for coffee people, obviously. I think all this is for coffee people. I'm not saying it's not for coffee people, but it's more for the people that just want a cold brew on the spot. They want a cold iced coffee. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. I'm not saying like it's worse than immersion brewing. I'm saying, hey, it's a hot summer day. You don't have a cold brew ready. You whip this thing out right here. It takes two seconds. It's normal pour over time to brew one of these. And then you have a perfect, basically cold brew right there. It's not going to taste as good as cold brew, but it's basically a cold brew. 
So this is definitely targeted towards the people that want to do it just fast on the spot. I mean, shops can do it too. I've never really seen a shop do it personally, but hey, I think it's it's sustainable for sure. And I love sustainability here at Black Autumn. Sustainability is the biggest thing ever to me. But I definitely think it's targeted towards more of the people that are at home and wanting a cold brew kind of on the spot. Now, the final one, I think this is kind of a given because of how long it takes. Ice drip brewing is definitely targeted towards shops. And that's why you see a lot of Yama Towers and the Kyoto ice drips in shops. Because who at home, especially for the price, I mean, some people do. No offense, no judgment to them at all. But it's just not sustainable for at home, in my opinion. It's so time consuming and you have to sit there and watch it that when like at a shop, it's easy to do because you're working. You have an eye on it. You can look at it. You can watch it. But when you're at home, you don't want to just sit there and watch your coffee, especially if you work in coffee already. You don't want to go home and have to worry about coffee for 24 hours when you're sitting at home, making sure that it's dripping right. No, this is definitely targeted towards the more higher end coffee shops. And I also think not just higher end, but I think some lower end shops have them to like, and they don't even know how to use them. They just think it looks nice and looks cool. And I know of some shops like this near me that do this. And they have these Yama Towers, have no clue how to use them. But they think they look fancy. And then people are like, hey, you know what you're doing. Let me take one of those. And then it's probably not going to be that good. But there are higher end shops that know what they're doing with these things. And if they know what they're doing, these things can be really good. And I really think that pushing these in the higher end of shops is a good idea because of how good some of these cups are. I've had one in my entire life of the drip methods, and it was spectacular because of how long the singular individual water drop has to set with that coffee. It really extracts it to its full potential in less time than a regular 48 hour cold brew that I would do is. And I think 48 hours is a lot. A lot of people don't do 48 hours, but I like 48 hours. I like strong. I do a one to nine because I get 48 hours out of it. I love it. But that's it. Uh, yeah, ice drip is definitely commercial. 100% there's no way this is towards home unless you have a smaller one at home and you're really just into it. It's mainly targeted for those commercial aspect of people that, that want to do that kind of stuff. So that's cold brew, though. I've really been into cold brew, and especially coming into the springtime is when cold brew gets more popular. Into the summer is when cold brew is really popping. And so I wanted to make this in case you guys are looking to get into the spring or getting in the summer to start making some cold brew for yourself or just start having cold brew or interested in what cold brew really is. If you like cold brew and don't really know much about it or you just want to learn about cold brew in general. These are all the brewing methods. Or if you already make cold brew and you just want to know the other brewing methods, here you go. These are other brewing methods for you. And let's end it off with a banger here. We got the Jarama Nico Coffee. Remember, check this out. I'll leave that link in the description in case you guys want to go grab a bag for yourselves. Again, highly recommend this on cold brew. That's why I wanted to do this specific coffee for this episode because it's the best one that I've had on cold brew. It's spectacular. But... Stay stay cold out there, stay stay chill out there, stay chilly out there, stay chilled out there, stay cold out there, stay cold brewed out there. The weather's getting kind of hot, guys. It's getting kind of hot. So remember, pop a cold brew, you'll be okay. We'll all be fine here. That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. You know what? Drop the mic. I'm walking away. <laughs> I do appreciate you guys for watching, though. Thanks for hopping in some cold brews with me. Remember, this Friday... This week that this drops, I don't know when this episode's dropping. This episode's probably dropping 26, 27, 28. 
This episode is probably dropping on the 28th or the 29th because it is leap year, correct? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. The 29th is when this is dropping. 29th on Thursday when this is dropping. So the next day or the Friday of this week, May 1st, March 1st, not May. I'm getting ahead of myself. The year's going by too fast. March 1st. AeroPress Beauty Behind the Brew is dropping. I'm working so hard. I mean, I still have to finish it. I'm only one-fourth done with the video, and it's four days till it drops. I need to go work on this. That's why I'm going to go right now. But I appreciate you guys for watching. Remember, to please go check that out. I've, I'm really passionate about this project, and I really want you guys to enjoy it as well. So I hope to see you guys on Friday for that episode. I love you guys, and thank you guys so much. Have a blessed day. Remember, stay cold brew out there.